volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Hello and welcome to season five of Sal Sylvester on the future of leadership. I am Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions, an executive coaching and leadership development firm based here in Boulder, Colorado. And our mission, our vision is to help organizations create a healthy, aligned, and more human workplace. I'm also the founder and CEO of Coachmetrics, a cloud-based tool we developed to measure behavioral change in coaching and leadership development. So as you may know, if you've heard some of the other episodes this season. This season, season five, is all about culture, specifically how to create a deeply human workplace. I'm passionate about this topic. I released a book on this topic back in February of 2022, and that's what we're focused on this season. And to do that, to create that human workplace, your presence matters. How you show up matters. What people see and experience with and from you matters. It's the foundation for connecting with people. It's the foundation for humanity. It's the foundation for building credibility and trust. And we know from research and experience that when you don't connect with people and don't have a presence that builds credibility, it's hard to influence and it's hard to be personally and professionally successful. So today's episode is basically a masterclass from Rosemary Ravenal. She is a master at this topic when it comes to executive communication and executive presence. So very practical episode that I think you're going to enjoy and be able to apply immediately to your role in the workplace. Rosemary is a formal international media executive and broadcaster who's transitioned to her first love, public speaking. For more than three decades, Rosemary was a senior corporate communications leader and spokesperson for Fortune 100 companies, nonprofit organizations, and agencies in New York and South Florida. The list goes on here, but those include Avon, AT&T, A&E Television Networks, Discovery Channel, Sony Ericsson, Toyota, and Univision. She was the first Hispanic contributing news analyst for MSNBC and hosted numerous radio and TV shows in the New York area. In 2019, she left Univision Network, the leading Spanish language media company in the United States, to establish her own practice as a media readiness, presentation skills, and public speaking coach for C-suite executives in bilingual and bicultural settings. In 2020, she adapted her coaching model for the virtual stage as we all shifted into the hybrid and remote environments that COVID brought on quite quickly. And she created the Zoom score, which is based on 10 essential elements of professional video meetings. She's an e-speaker certified presenter, past president of Miami Wynwood Toastmasters, and a member of the National Speakers Association and Florida Speakers Association. Her first book, titled The Joy of Thinking Out Loud, will be published in 2023. I think you're going to love this 30-minute interview with Rosemary 
and have some great takeaways. Let's go to the interview with Rosemary Ravenal now. Rosemary, it's so great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you, Sal. Awesome. So I'd love to hear your point of view. You have such an incredible and unique background as an international media expert and executive and your skill set and ability to coach and teach leaders and executives and C-suite leaders around presenting and executive presence. I'm interested in hearing your perspective on some of the trends that you're seeing in this virtual and hybrid world that we find ourselves in today. We're seeing a lot of flux still. Let me bring you back to the beginning of 2020 when we as a society had to survive on Zoom, had to learn video conferencing. It was not an option. So we were sort of thrown down this rabbit hole without having had preparation, training, or even forced thought as to how we're going to manage day to day. And we had to learn on the run. And what I found was a unique opportunity for me to take my broadcast experience, communications knowledge, and tremendous curiosity about something new that needed to be explored. And and I felt I needed to be of service to say, how can I help people cope with this and give them tools that will help them be more confident and, and survive what we at that time didn't know how long it would continue, but still be able to enjoy the workday, continue to have meaningful connections with people mm-hmm. internally, externally, and have a sense of accomplishment every day that you had a good day of work and that this would be transferable, of course, to their families, to children who, of course, had to be on uh, online for their school. So it was a matter of, of, of taking what I knew and then researching best practices. And there suddenly was a lot of conversation in the public relations, public speaking spheres as to how we deal with this. How do we interact with the camera? And above all, Sal, how do we bring humanity to this virtual conversation? Frankly, that's the theme of this entire season, Rosemary, is how do we create a deeply human workplace? And the virtual world is, in many ways, I think, been challenging for people. Part of what I'm hearing with our clients goes back to your comment on meaningful connections. Uh, I just worked with the leadership team this past week that they had not seen the leader. They'd never met the leader of this team. And it's been over three years since any of them had gotten together in person, face-to-face. It was the first time in three years. Those meaningful connections are so important. What, What are you noticing in terms of how the virtual world, how this being on camera has impacted our ability to create a human workplace. That's still something we are navigating. I wish we yeah. could say that after three years, Sal, that we got it. We, yeah, we, we don't. don't. <laughs> We're still and, learning. And I am time after time, sometimes jaw-droppingly surprised at how people are showing up. Yeah. So I I do workshops, public workshops and small team uh, trainings, and I am still surprised when someone shows up without video on or shows up looking terrible and expects to be taken seriously. And this could be someone who was leading the meeting or whose voice has 
a great deal of influence on how the meeting will run or on the outcome of the meeting. Whether you're leading a meeting, you're a panelist, you are a, an opinion shaper, or you're simply a passive participant, you need to show up. You need to show up at your best. And at this point in time, in mid-2022, we've had enough time to get it right. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be a studio expert and have all these lights and fancy equipment in your home office or wherever you are working, which, by the way, now includes offices that are built or redesigned to be video ready. Yeah. You go into a conference room and you can you can activate a video call with the push of a button or even voice activation. So that's that technology is ever present, but we haven't really learned to to love it. And that's mm-hmm. by way of saying we, we must. It's not really optional anymore. So what does that mean? Some basics. First, and I'm going to use the, the acronym that I created just to make it easy. And I'm going to preface what I'm going to share with you and your listeners with the fact that all that I'm sharing is equally applicable to the real world, to the physical world. Right. Yeah. Right? Be- because we're no longer just in the physical world as we were, let's say, in a standard conference room setting, you know, with a dry erase board and a screen and, you know, rows of chairs and tables mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. We also have other people who are connected virtually. They're just as important participants as the ones who are physically in the room. So those people need to be included, listened to, acknowledged, respected, right? Just equally with everybody else. So you have the digital parity that comes into play, which is challenging for the person leading the meeting, for participants. You have to take those other members into consideration. So the acronym is ASSETS, A-S-S-E-T. Simply put, the A is for appearance. You need to show up looking professional. And and that doesn't have to be suit and tie uh, or or full makeup and hair and and, and such for, for, for women. Whatever your business attire is. It is, it is simply looking as if you were going to the office or to your workplace or to the, if you visit, uh, you do sales calls, whatever that is. It's, it's simply a matter of self-respect and it's respect for mm-hmm. the people at the other end because you're dealing with someone who needs to look and play the role that you are accustomed to playing, right? right, right. You're not going to be you know, wearing a bathrobe when you're supposed to be an attorney. Right, right. Okay. So the, the appearance, the grooming, the, the, the simple way of, of, of showing up with the right colors and the right attire and so forth, even though you may only be framed from the waist up. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the other two S's are staging and styling, which is something that people still don't get. Meaning, I have a background that is natural, but it says something about who I am in terms of having... Uh, textiles and hand uh, hand uh, woven uh, tapestry on the wall and uh-huh. sunflowers, which has become rather a symbol for me because it's a it's a it's a it's a flower that follows the sun that is a symbol of energy and many many other reasons, and so I have I'm framed in a specific way with professional lighting because I owe it to the people who want to listen to me or watch me to be at my best. So I've done this deliberately. Now I also have virtual backgrounds which I use sometimes but they're carefully curated to say something about me, or maybe it's just simply having a logo. But when you see people with messy backgrounds, with no regard to what's behind you, or they use what may be the default of the 
swinging palm trees or uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. Right, and such, right. Without consideration as to whether you're using the proper technology, meaning green screen, so that your image is clearly delineated against that background. Everyone, I'm sure, has seen people look like amoeba, right? Who will sort of morph into the background because they're not properly lit or they don't have the mm. right green screen background. The point is that every pixel on your background is real estate, is valuable real estate. It says something about your values, your lifestyle, your aesthetics. It could be branded. It could be books. It could be your your books that you've authored, which you have very, very mm -hmm. nicely displayed there. It's something organic, like you have something living, scenes of, of nature, of adventure, travel. All these things say something about who you are. And that's just a beautiful thing because the visual language, Sal, in this medium, and I can't emphasize this enough, our minds process data, 90% visual versus 10% auditory. Mm -hmm. That's not something I, I made up. It's, it's neuroscience. So right. we are visual. Our minds are wired to process visual information, nine to one. So if you're not showing up as your best, or at least using to the best of your ability, just everyone has limitations. You may be sharing a space with someone else or children. You may not have much privacy, but there are many things that people can do just with a little thoughtfulness to improve the way they show up. So it's just a matter of that staging and styling is so important. The other one, the E is energy and emotion. Very important. How do we transmit energy, which in turn taps into the emotional center of connection. The, you know, we know that the heart is the best and most direct way to the brain. It's not the other way around, right? right. The, we, we get to people's minds by, by tapping into their emotional center, into their sentiments. That's where empathy is so important. So when we're talking emotion on virtual, there are so many tools and people don't recognize those either. The way I'm using my hands the tone of voice and the rate of speech, my proximity to the camera. If I want to really make a point em emphatically, I'm going to maybe get a little closer to the camera, to the lens. I'm going to take breaths to create more of a slow delivery and mm. maybe get your attention back if I think I'm losing you. And the smile, eye contact, meaning this is one of the questions I'm asked most often, Sal, is, where do I look? How do I engage right. with people? Yeah. And it's tricky, but you can also train yourself to look at a point that may be right under the camera lens or somewhere where you can do a screenshot of yourself and look at it and see, well, if I look here, if I look here, if I look there, how does it transmit? Try to be as natural as possible. Right now, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at the lens, but I've got you in my peripheral vision. Yes, and it feels like we're making eye contact right now. Right, right. Yeah. And that's very, very strong for, uh, for purposes of building trust. Yep. So the energy and emotion are transmitted that way. Then, of course, posture. The posture, you need to be sitting up straight. You or your shoulders, and you're then you're able to breathe better because your your lungs are and in your diaphragm are working better. Yes, there's yes. a lot of things that go into the energy and emotion, and our our faces 
are extraordinary chalkboards of, of information. Many of our expressions are involuntary, mm-hmm. but many are voluntary. And I always say the nod, you know, the, uh, the smile, all these things are ways of us acknowledging, saying we're present, I honor you, I'm, I know I see you without saying a word. And then the last one is the technologies, the T. And the T is important because we have to have fundamental knowledge as to how to start a call, how to work our microphone, how to mute, how to put the camera on, how to connect a call, how to whatever platform you use, WebEx, GoToMeeting, Zoom, and know which buttons to click and how mm-hmm. to how to do the basics right and and at least be able to you know to to to, to manage conversations or or find someone if you have a staff or others in your organization who are more skilled or motivated to the as to the tech part bring them on to help you with a call but so the technology is very important and i have to say that there are so many equipment options available today, you know, because the mm-hmm. market sort of exploded uh, in 2020 with better cameras, better microphones, lights, you name it, that to have people really be able to have options at many different price points. Yeah. They're not expensive. We, we spend money on apps, right, and software and all kinds of equipment, which are part of our necessary business expenses. Well, we can spend $50 on a microphone or a webcam right? so that we are, 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 are better equipped to do our video conferencing. Yes, for sure. Well, it's, it's so interesting, Rosemary, because I have thought about this so often. I'm amazed that we're three years into this new way of working and so many people haven't made the improvements that you're talking about. And I think it speaks directly to humanity at work. It speaks to our ability to connect with people personally. And it speaks to our ability to have credibility. It, it, if we don't have credibility as a leader, as anyone showing up at work, that's the foundation for everything. And our presence really matters here. So I, I love the acronym that you've given us because it gives people some immediate actions that they can take. Appearance, it matters. Staging, styling, energy and emotion, and then the the technology. You're right. And it doesn't have to be a big investment. Although I think people need to make an investment in their workspace at home or whatever that virtual workspace looks like to, to create what you're talking about here with the asset acronym. Maybe let's use me as an example as we're talking and we'll release this over video at some point on YouTube, how would you assess using that asset acronym, the presence that my space has? Like, as you're talking about posture, I'm, I'm starting to stand up. And as you were talking about face, I start smiling. But how would you assess maybe the staging and styling first of my background? I love it. I see three wonderful images and I mm-hmm. tempted to say that you have something to do with them, that you're, you're either all of them. Yeah. You're either the model there or, or that they were taken by you. So that's wonderful. I would make them bigger. I'd love oh, to see them. Yeah. I'd love to see them in greater detail. You have a lot of white space that you're not using. Mm-hmm. Right now. Okay. Good feedback. Yeah. 
So I would say, I say they're extraordinary images. They're certainly conversation starters because mm-hmm. I would want to say, and I don't know the, te- the terminology for, for climbing, but I'd say the one that's to your left is, seems awesome to me. And I want to ask, where is that? And, uh, and uh, to your left, yeah. What is that? This is extraordinary. And certainly it would, it would prompt a lot of curiosity on my part. So you can take those assets and those those visual assets, those background yes. assets, and and use them a bit more effectively. Then you have your books. I know they're your books because I know you're a multi-book uh, author, but I'd like to see them a little bigger. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see mm-hmm. them more prominent so that I can read the, the titles and see the book yeah. covers. And the plant is nice, but you can get probably a nicer one that mm-hmm. has just a bit more uh, fleshy green. And perhaps a colorful pot of some sort. Yeah. There's there's wonderful Native American pottery that you know has a lot of of, of rustic. The earth colors are always lovely. Right. right. And right. so you could find something uh, maybe uh, or an imitation of such, and you could be a little higher so that we see more of you and less okay. of your less of your equipment. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have a stand up desk, so I just for folks that are listening, yes. I just lowered my desk. So. That's good to know. I don't typically have this microphone in visual view, like when I'm on a coaching call or running a virtual workshop, but it is here. It is present for the podcast. Yes, yes. And by the way, I can tell you're standing. Okay. You're not sitting. What's the impact of standing? I typically try to stand like if I'm on a sales call or if I'm in a coaching conversation, what's your take on how standing impacts your energy? Oh, much more, much, much more, because yeah. the energy doesn't just come from your your voice and your head and your shoulders and arms. It comes from your whole body. Right. So if you're engaging all of your body. I mean, you've got energy that's coming up from your toes, mm-hmm. all your chakras. If we're going to talk about energy transmittal and the energy centers, right. so you're right. using all you're activating all your chakras. Mm. So you're going to be much more alert, more. Just say more persuasive, more dynamic, more charismatic. If yeah. you're standing, and yeah. it 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 also affects your your vocal quality. If you you know if you, you have a lot of vocal variety, and you won't get as tired actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Because you have more blood circulation going on. Yeah, and then you know I'm wondering. You mentioned ninety percent. Maybe you can just talk about that a bit more. 90% of, of what we process is visual. Is that what I heard you say? Yes, yes, yes. auditory. Yes. So that mm-hmm. what we see, this background, the appearance, the lighting, all of that matters. Of course, of course. Yeah. All of that transmits information. Mm-hmm. Now, you can have information that is distracting, information that is incongruous with your message and your brand. So that's a waste or you can have information, visual information, the compliments. And you see a lot of this on cable news interviews right. where people have mastered it to the point that you see something emblematic, something that is either sports memorabilia or book covers or the spines of books, flags, diplomas, awards. You know, someone who's won multiple Emmy Awards will have them typically displayed someplace in view. Mm-hmm. So it is it is attesting to their expertise and their you know their uh, their authority. So all these things 
emit information that you may not capture at first glance, but it's there and it leaves a, a mental impression on the people who, with whom you're speaking. I love that. Well, it implies some intentionality here. A person, right. a leader, team member has to think about what's the identity or the brand that I want for myself? How do I want people to see and perceive me? And then how do I create that visually so that my intention, people experience the intentions that I have as a leader. What we often find in our executive coaching is that there's a gap between how people are perceived and what their original intentions are. And it usually has to do with behavior, whether it's visual, auditory, their appearance, what they say, what they do. So I, I love the intentionality behind aligning your visual self with the brand that you want. Can you touch on the hybrid meeting? So I love the asset model. It really helps us think about some practical things we can do. What I've noticed with our client work is the hybrid meeting is the challenging meeting, right? It's it's easy when everyone's in person. It's easy when everyone is virtual. But when you have some people who are virtual and some people who are in a conference room sitting around a table, what's your best advice as we're learning to work in this environment? Yes. The best advice is to consider the camera as the other person in the room. It requires some training if you're presenting to not look at the screen, right? The, the temptation would be to, oh, I'm going to talk to Sal, you know, who is in another office location and I'm going to look at the screen. You're not on the screen. You're at, you're in the camera and that's where I need to direct my, my gaze. And similarly, Everyone else needs to understand that, it's, but it's still so tempting to look at the screen and talk to the person there. And in large conference room settings, of course, you don't have the luxury of having the lens directly under the screen. It's usually a freestanding camera on a tripod or several cameras mm-hmm. on, on tripods. So you need to understand that and have the room layout set up in such a way that it's easy to address the other people who are connected virtually yeah. without having to turn your back to the audience, right? And being able to include them just as naturally as anyone else. Other things that are important for hybrid meetings is to give often deference or preference sometimes to the people who are not there yeah. physically. If there's Q&A, have them set, uh, send this the first set of questions, right? Hear from them first. Yes. Don't make them feel like they're last or forgotten. Sometimes they're forgotten altogether. Right, exactly. Or it's all so Susie's on the, uh, is virtual. We better pull her in. But you're saying start there. Yes. As a a means to engage them. Yes. And then the other bit of advice is to consider that anything that is done virtually or in a hybrid modality, make it shorter, make it much more succinct and get to the point this, there's there's nothing more aggravating than being in a, a as a hybrid participant as an offsite participant, and having to sit there for the half hour of chit chat. Yes. Right. As people are getting set up, and you hear, "Hey, Harry, how was your golf trip? How was your?" I'm not there. But I can't participate in that. So if you're not going to include me, just don't invite me to that part, or you know, don't don't turn the camera on yet. Bring me on. Mm-hmm. When the meeting starts, because then you feel like, yeah, I'm missing out. I wanted to yeah. hear what that was, but I'm not. 
So it's it, it be respectful and sensitive to to that in and the people are so accustomed, particularly we're so eager and happy to be with people in physical spaces that we may forget that there are others who were not able to join us. Yes. They are yes. under the same roof. So yes, make yes. everything shorter. Tension spans are shorter. Mm-hmm. Get to the mm-hmm. point. Have much more organization. Almost like flip the script. Yeah. Is what I advise. Put your conclusions or the meat of the discussion up first and then open up more space for discussion and opinion. Yeah. I think that's that's really great advice. Yeah, our our attention spans are shorter and I think there's also more potential distractions with email and everything else that's at our fingertips when we are working virtually. One one thing that we've played around with in these hybrid meetings is we've had everyone who's in a conference room to also be on their laptop so that they've got a video that's point that's pointed to their face. So people who are virtual can at least see their facial expressions. What, what are your thoughts on that? It gets tricky technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then you, it's like, where do you look? What feed do you, do you that's take? That's the problem, right? Yeah. People are looking at each other in the conference room, but then they're looking away when as seen on the screen. Yes. And I think you would need to have sophisticated systems to allow that to happen. Maybe voice activated mm-hmm. that the camera yeah. would turn on when the person starts to speak. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That those systems are available. They're almost like these intelligent classrooms that are now being right. installed in major universities where everyone does have a, his or her own device while looking at multiple screens or every participant has his or her own screen, obviously very expensive systems. That can get a little bit distracting because who wouldn't be more self-conscious if you have the camera pointed at you, right? And you desperately want to scratch your nose or you want right. to take that piece of gum out of your mouth. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're front and center doing that. Yeah. Awesome. Rosemary, this has been incredibly helpful. Let me just take the last minute or so here to, to summarize and then get any final input on your point of view. I think the big message here is your presence matters, whether it's in person or virtually. And it matters because you either build trust and credibility or you don't. And it matters from a human standpoint because your presence can help build connection. Is that accurate or what would you add there? Oh, no. Let me add, let me take it a step higher on the corporate hierarchy. Mm-hmm. There is a an article in Harvard Business Review, I think it came out last week, that looked at, the authors looked at 7,000 job postings for C-suite positions. And there was a through line consistently that stressed communication skills, interpersonal and public speaking skills as fundamental to the qualifications of that candidate. That seems to be quite a shift because whereas it might have been operational, financial, management achievements, now you have to have that component as prominent in your resume. So we're recognizing that it does take particular particularly keen communication skills for leaders today to be able to galvanize people, to create that cohesion, to create the loyalty, to create the safe environments where people can be heard and that there is a sense of of, of, uh, respect. It's a respectful community of people who are diverse, not only in their demographics, but in their opinions. 
That's great. Point number two, it's not optional anymore. This is the world that we live in, and it's time for people to really step up with their presence, whether it's a virtual environment or a hybrid environment. And the asset acronym that you gave us really helps us think through that very logically. Number one, what's your appearance look like? Number two, consider the staging and the styling. Number three, your energy and emotion. And then number four, know and use technology properly. Is that fair to show up as your best? It's essential. When you think about it, it's it's common sense. Look, consider the dating world. Let's take it into a different mm-hmm. arena. All right. Those things are fundamental. How do you get picked when someone's on an app, you're on an app and you swipe left or right? And I forget which is left is good or right is whatever it is. You, yep. you, you, it's, it's, it's a seven second appearance check, meaning we know that we have seven seconds, whether we're in virtual is even more, probably even shorter than seven seconds, but seven seconds to make a first impression. You walk into a room to do an interview if you're a candidate or you're doing a sales call, those first seven seconds, it gets you tagged, yes. right? 100%. And we know how difficult it is to change a bad first impression. Yeah. how much energy it takes. So those those first seven seconds are essential. And the beauty of it is, Sal, that we control all those things. Those mm-hmm. assets, I put them as assets because they're ours and we yes. hold the key, right? Love that. We're not, yeah. Yeah, I think that leads to sort of the major number three takeaway, which is be intentional about your brand. Understand who you are and who you want to be seen as. And that, can help drive how you think about those assets. Correct. Now you might have people thinking, well, that's all fine, but I am terrified of speaking in public. And many people are even more terrified of speaking to a little little dark circle on a on a lens and on a webcam. But you know, you have to get over it because it's really not optional. It, it's and, and that fear, I think, sometimes is artificial as an excuse to say, oh, no, no, I, I'm not charismatic. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, I, I'm, I'm shy. Oh, no, I hate to talk to people. I don't know. That's nonsense. If you, mm-hmm. if, unless you have no interest in succeeding in business, unless you have a profession that doesn't require you to interact with other people, all fine and good. But if you're in a business where the growth and success and prosperity, not only your own, but of the people you're responsible for, depends on your ability to convey ideas that are consistent with your brand, then you've got to step up. You have to step up. And then finally, point number four, the hybrid meetings matter. Consider the person who is virtual versus in the conference room first. Make sure you've thought about your room layout and make your meetings shorter. Get to the point faster if people's attention spans are shorter in this virtual world. That's right. All right. Rosemary, thank you so much. It's been fun, a pleasure. I got some great coaching on this call today. So thank you for for that. And folks, please make sure you check out our episode notes that we'll have on our website so that you can get in touch with Rosemary if you want and or take a look at some some of the assets that she'll share with us from our episode today. Thank you so much, Rosemary. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Sal. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. 
You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out.